Hello everyone and welcome to a very special episode of Fly on the Wall. Abby, why is it special? Because you are hosting. Because I'm back and I'm not actually in this episode, but I'm just slubbing in for the intro and outro, but it's still a special day when I, Aaron Bennett, one of the co-founders of the podcast, makes an epic return. Way to make yourself seem very important. And I'm Abby Nichols. Aaron, you want to talk about social media? Of course. Well, before we get into the episode, make sure you follow us on all forms of social media. That includes Twitter, at FlyOnTheWallPod, uh, Instagram, at FlyOnTheWallPod, uh, Facebook, at FlyOnTheWallPod. We still don't have a Snapchat? No. No, still no Snapchat, so just keep on waiting for that one. And uh, last but not least, shoot us an email if you have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, fan mail, hate mail, whatever you like, at flyonthewallpodcast at gmail.com. Always happy to talk to our listeners. Yeah, and now getting into the episode, this week we are happy to have Amos Sneed and Jamie Harrison on the pod. Uh, They are co-authors of the book Climbing the Hill, which I highly recommend. They are both experts uh, once upon a time on the hill and have a lot to say, and we're very happy to have them on the pod. So welcome to Fly on the Wall, Jamie Harrison and Amos Sneed. Uh, we're so happy to have you both here. Thank you, Abby. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so just kind of to kick us off, I was uh, wondering if you guys could give me a little background about yourself, aka how each of you climbed the hill. Uh, thank you. So my name is Amos Sneed. I grew up in Northeast Alabama and moved to Washington, D.C. right after undergrad school. So about 16 years ago, and I got a job uh, entering phones on Capitol Hill. Um, I, well, I had three responsibilities. I answered mm-hmm. the phones, I, I put water pictures out on the dais before the committee hearings, and I made sure the microphone stands were down so that <laughs> all the photographers could get photos of the members of Congress looking super important mm, in, the, yes. in the hearing room. Um, so that was my job, and I started out there answering phones, uh, but I loved communications and I wanted to work in public relations, and so I, I constantly ask, he may say I harassed or bugged, the communications director there mm-hmm. uh, for an opportunity. And finally one day, there was it was a five-person communications office. Someone left, another person left, and there was a spot to fill, and I had literally been bugging him for about a month or two or six uh, for an opportunity. So I moved up and started working in communications. Um, that's kind of where I hit my stride. And then from there, and if, if you do read our book or any of your listeners read our book, Climbing the Hill, uh, we spend a lot of time focusing on the people around you and the relationships you forge there. It's really uh, what we have found has, has driven our career in Washington uh, and in politics. And so uh, I, you also get lucky if you're at the right place at the right time. And the person who I was sitting next to became a chief of staff and needed a press secretary. So I became press secretary in a personal office. And then I got an opportunity to go work in House Republican leadership. Uh, I was the press secretary for then uh, Roy Blunt, who's a Republican from Missouri, when he was the majority whip in the U.S. House of Representatives. He's now a senator, also from the great state of Missouri. And when I was in his office, uh, was right when the internet happened, right? And it was, like, none of our listeners go. are going to <laughs> Now that I said that out loud, I realized, oh, oh Amos, we're just going to skip yourself. it. And, um, but no, I think it's like, when you work in these, these offices, especially leadership offices, mm-hmm. uh, you look around and everybody is a thoroughbred. Right. Nobody stumbles into an office like that. Like you've had to work pretty mm-hmm. hard, know some people, have people see your, your, your work. And when I was in the communications office, we had somebody who spoke uh, for the member of Congress to the media. We had someone who wrote the press releases and the speeches. Um, but I was given an opportunity because the web had just happened. 
they said, we don't know what to do with blogs. We don't know what to do with digital. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was saying we need a Twitter page, a YouTube page. But I want to share that with your listeners because, you know, you're going to be on some competitive teams. And whenever you, you get an opportunity for a new lane or there's some new work project or something that nobody's owned, grab it. It may not be perfect. You know, you might not have the title you want, but it gives you an opportunity to really grow and show the others around you that you can handle this type of responsibility. So I'll pause there. So I spent five years on Capitol Hill, House Committee, a personal office, and then working in leadership, all different communications roles. So that was Mm -hmm. my path when I, quote unquote, climbed the hill. Jamie? (laughs) So for me, my climb started when I was an intern. I interned in both the House and the Senate. Uh, First uh, internship was interning for Senator, then South Carolina Senator Fritz Hollings. Uh, and it was the summer after my freshman year in college. I actually uh, lived in a group house that summer here, uh, right near the Georgetown campus. Um, had a wonderful time, learned a lot, uh, and really caught the bug for Washington, D.C. So much so that I came back the summer after my junior year, but I decided to intern on the House side. I got an internship through the Congressional Black Caucus uh, Foundation, uh, and I was paired with my hometown congressman, Jim Clyburn of South Carolina. And so it was a wonderful experience. That year, Congressman Clyburn was the chair of the annual legislative conference for uh, the Congressional Black Caucus. So he was doing a lot of the planning as it relates to that. And so uh, I got an opportunity to, to work on planning the, the CBC uh, dinner, and, and that was so exciting. And so uh, we fast forward, I graduate from college, I come back to Washington, D.C., and I get this call when I'm, I'm in, I was in the midst of my second year at Georgetown Law School. And I get a call from Congressman Clyburn's chief of staff that basically said, you know, Congressman Clyburn is interested in having you come and work on the staff. He's just been elected vice chair of the House Democratic Caucus. Uh, he's looking for somebody who can work on policy, but also work in the, in the leadership office. And I, and I said to him, and I said, well, I, I'm so uh, overwhelmed. I would love to do this, but I'm in the midst of law school. And they both said, uh, we don't care. We know that you're in law school. We'll work around your schedule. The congressman was so impressed with you when you were an intern in his office. He really wants you to, to work on this leadership staff. And so I did it. And as the congressman went up the ranks, uh, he went from vice chair to the chairman of the House Democratic Caucus. And when he became chairman, he asked me to be the executive director at 29. Um, uh, And then in 2006, House Democrats won the majority. Mm -hmm. And so he moved from chairman to the majority whip. And that's when he asked me to run the whip operation. And so uh, I did that all in the span of about six years uh, working on the Hill and uh, it was probably six of the greatest years of my life uh, and uh, really laid the foundation for my my career in politics. Yeah, that's a great, great track record from you both. Very impressive. Um, so now to kind of get more into you two, how did you guys meet and become friends? So uh, Jamie and I, you, you, we knew one another on Capitol Hill. I mm-hmm. wouldn't say we were friends. Like okay. I knew who Jamie was. Yeah. Um, but it was it was actually after we left Capitol Hill. So I was asked by uh, a, a friend. He was bringing a group of students up from South Carolina, and it was uh, from a, a low income area in South Carolina. And a lot of the students had actually never really been out of the state. 
and they were coming to visit DC for the first time, and he reached out and said, hey, what do I do? You know, we got the tours lined up, and he said, I, I really want, I want him to hear from someone who will connect with them. And my first thought was a Jamie. And I thought, mm-hmm. if Jamie, because I was familiar with Jamie's story, how he came up in South Carolina, how he climbed the hill. So I reached out to Jamie um, a couple of times. He was a little, little slow. <laughs> <and he was laughs> slow. Um, but I finally did get a, get a hold of Jamie and explain, hey, this is not for a client. This is not work-related. It's actually a group of school kids from South Carolina. And Jamie said yes. And so Jamie came and spoke to that group. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I could just watch their eyes open because they sat there and said, oh, my gosh, I know where he's from. He's from where we are from. And, and look where he is today. And I think the first question that evening was um, from one of the youngsters, like, tell me everywhere in the world you've been. And Jamie just sat and you know told the stories of traveling mm-hmm. uh, with Mr. Clyburn mm-hmm. really around the world. Yeah. And uh, so ever since then, Jamie and I became friends. And then one day he shot me an email and said, hey, let's get together. And I met Jamie and he said, let's, let's write a book. And um, when he first started talking about it, I thought maybe this book's been written 10 times, 15 times, 20 yep. times. And then we started looking into it. There was no practitioner's guide to working on Capitol Hill, uh, much less one that was, had a bipartisan approach. And so um, we started working together there. Yeah, and and so you know the rest is history. It took us five years to write the book <laughs> because in in the midst of that, uh, Amos and I both had kids. Uh, yeah. you know, Amos started a new company. I I decided to run for chair of the, of the South Carolina Democratic Party, but all the while we knew that uh, the book was very very important, and it was an, also important not just because we wanted to give a guide to to young people who are interested in building careers on, on Capitol Hill. But we also knew that it was important to demonstrate that Democrats and Republicans can get along and, and, and build relationships and do good things together. Uh, and particularly in these times, I think the it was great that it took us five years mm-hmm. because I think if there's a time in, in our political history where we need to show um, civility and and that folks can find common ground on good things mm-hmm. and all work together to make a difference i think it's now yeah um so you guys kind of both referenced um the grown divide between the different sides of the aisle today so was it different back then when you guys were on the hill it, it, i think so but you you mm-hmm. could see even then um uh, the the fissures in terms of what we are witnessing now um, when I first got on the hill, when I was interning on the hill, I could tell you there was there was a stark contrast. This is when Fritz Hollings and Strom Thurmond and all those folks uh, were were in the Senate. And despite the divisions, the political divisions on core issues, um, they still would seek common ground on things. So uh, you know, coming from a state where you had a Democrat and a Republican senator. Fritz and, and Strom always had this detente that when it came to South Carolina, they would find they would put aside any differences to work together for the betterment of the state. Uh, you can even take a look at look at Supreme Court nominations and and mm-hmm. uh, look at the the votes there, and you see these stark like ninety and eighty nine and ninety five uh, you know members of the Senate, Democrats and Republicans, all coming together and saying. We support this person. We support this nominee. Mm-hmm. And that is unprecedented now. Uh, y- y- if you could get to 60, you're doing well in, 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 in these political uh, times. And so um, uh, 
it, there were better times. I hope that we can find a way to get back to that because, you know, in the end of the day, and I always say this, it's not about who wins between Democrats and Republicans um, because the nation suffers in the end if, if all we have is, is division and vitriol. When we can't even pass something as simple as a roads bill, something, you know, doesn't mm-hmm. matter if a pothole, you hit a pothole, you can be a Democrat or Republican, you're going to have to fix your tire, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it's just simple things like that that just need to get done. And we used to be able to, to get those things done in a bipartisan fashion. But even infrastructure now is a partisan issue. And uh, as a nation, we will suffer if we can't get this back on track. I mean, I think that's a great question. Um, and it, it's something when I started working on Capitol Hill, I would talk to the chief of staff or the legislative director, and they, you know they'd be a little older or 10, 15 years older, and they would always say to me, "It didn't used to be like this. You know, it didn't used to be this partisan. That was 10 years ago, and I think since our time on the Hill, it's gotten incredibly worse. And you know, Jamie and I are trying. Look, I mean, it's we um, when right after I left Capitol Hill, I, I also started a company called Famous DC. If any of your um, fly on the wall listeners want to check that out on Twitter, it's at Famous DC. Um, and we started hosting events on Capitol Hill, and we would get five co-hosts, and I would say, all right, you're a white Republican, you're African-American Democrat, you're in the media, you work in international, bring 10 people. And we would bring these events together, and it was amazing to watch literally grown people that live a block or two away who've never said hello to each other, mm-hmm. because they're like, I do policy, I can't talk to media, or I'm a Republican, why would I want to talk to a Democrat? Mm-hmm. And it's gotten worse, so I, I say... To answer your question, it didn't used to be like this. I don't see it getting better. And this is what we're hoping that, especially right now and after this election, people can look and say, all right, what is climbing the hill? Why are these two folks getting together? They're from different backgrounds, different Mm -hmm. political views. uh, And we're hoping it hits a nerve. So we're really appreciative uh, to have the opportunity to talk here today at Georgetown. Yeah, that's great. Um, So now kind of on a lighter note. um, About what really inspired you to go work on the hill? Like, why did it draw you so much? Yeah, that's an interesting question. That's a good question. question. Yeah. So my first time in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. took place when I was, uh, I think I was a junior, junior or senior, senior in high school. Uh, I had uh, participated in this program called the United States Senate Youth Program, uh, sponsored by the Hearst Foundation. And so they picked two young people every year to come to Washington, D.C. for a whole week and uh, they put you up at the Mayflower Hotel, which is, you know, that's like high cotton. So, you know, it, it, I, I remember walking into the hotel room and there was a television in the bathroom. And I called my mom and I said, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? And she's like, what? What's going on? I said, there's a TV in my bathroom. <laughs> and, you know, it's you know, back in the day when Amos and I were growing up, there was a, what was the name of that show on TV, uh, on MTV? Cribs, cribs, MTV Cribs, like where all oh, they go yeah, into yeah. the houses of the superstar. And I sort of felt that, that way, like, oh man, I'm, I'm balling right now. Uh, but it was just amazing. We got a chance to go to the White House. We got onto the floor of the House of Representatives. We went over to the Pentagon. Uh, and it was just such an amazing experience that I never forgot about it. And it's why I wanted to intern so badly over in the Senate and the House and, and when the call came in about working on Capitol Hill, it's why I want to do that. I am one of those people that, you know, it's night in Washington, D.C., and you drive down Pennsylvania Avenue and you see the Capitol Dome lit up, and I get goosebumps. 
um, uh, when Amos and I worked uh, in the Capitol, uh, both of our offices at one point was in Statuary Hall, which is, you know, the old floor chamber of the House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. And walking through there at night when you're there by yourself and you see these statues and you just think, like, all of the greats of our nation have been here and have walked these halls. Uh, and all of the people, and, and I, I even think about, you know, I'm African-American, the slaves that helped build the, the Capitol building. And, and all of those things and feelings all well up in you. And you just think about how great this nation really is. And I think that's part about why I love D.C. and why I love Capitol Hill, because I figured that people made a difference here. And now I'm here, and that means I can make a difference as well. So I, I always loved politics, and I majored in political science, and I remember my first visit to Washington, D.C., and I was just blown away at how many people intersect here, like from all over, not only the country, but all over the world. Yeah. And I, I viewed Congress and Capitol Hill, I, I had this view, I was like, everything has to come through there, right? If it's sports, if it's space exploration, if it's defense, I mean, mm-hmm. any topic you can think of at some point or another will touch Capitol Hill. And I just had to work there. And there was nothing else I could do. I had to come to Washington, get an internship, and work on Capitol Hill. Um, So I don't know. It just kind of pulled me there. And I saw it as not a way to get it. It was just an opportunity for me to leave Northeast Alabama and come to Washington, D.C. And it it wasn't reserved for anyone. Everybody had an opportunity to work on Capitol Hill. Yeah, sounds wonderful, honestly. Um, so, what is your go-to story of like the most memorable experience you've ah, had on the hill? Great question. Oh, that is a good one. Um, it can be funny, not funny. So, I, I'll tell you. Um, so, I worked at the Energy and Commerce Committee. Again, mm-hmm. I told you my high-level responsibilities. Yes. You know, were the, the water pitchers and entry <laughs> the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they had a hearing on mental health, and it was a like mental health issues, and they didn't have it in the big hearing room, right? Like they didn't want a big media splash and. The witness list was, was kind of kept close to the vest. I didn't know any better. My job was to go set up the hearing room, right? Mm-hmm. And so I remember I was a staff assistant, and I was in there with um, another staff assistant, a guy named Mike from Michigan. And we're setting up the chairs and putting the memos out. Like, it is thankless work. And on Capitol Hill, the um, the men, like, the, not, it's not the janitor. What, what are the blue shirts called on Capitol Hill? The... Um, like, the, the guys that come through and do all the repairs and the lights. And oh, yeah. They're... Uh, uh... They work for the architect of the Capitol. So they're in there moving trash cans, setting yeah. up chairs. Me and another young guy are, are, are straightening up the deck. And so then the little holding room, which is where the witnesses get ready before they testify, the door opens and somebody motions for us to come over. We come over. And in the room was Muhammad Ali. Oh, wow. Muhammad Ali was testifying that day. They didn't want a big media splash. They didn't want everybody knowing that he was there. Mm-hmm. But he and his wife thought it was important that the people that were setting up the hearing room got to meet him. And so I that's have this amazing. awesome picture awesome. of me like fake punching Muhammad Ali. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> amazing, hands, high five. Oh my God, that's and awesome. And it's, it's uh, Mike, myself, yeah. and these two guys that were that literally just came in to move the trash can. And so that was a moment that I, I will never forget. Yeah. And there's so many lessons to pull from that, how kind they were to do that and how kind mm-hmm. they were to thank the youngest among us and the ones that were working. Um, and you don't get opportunities like that anywhere else no. in the world, yeah. right? And it's just, that's one of the stories that uh, I'll forever treasure um, from my days on Capitol Hill. Jimmy, you know, this is a story. Tom Muhammad Ali. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, well, well, this is a story. I don't even know if I, I told, maybe I told you this story, Amos, when we were writing the book. And, and I realized in reading the book, I was like, I left that story out. Uh, I've been on the campaign trail a lot lately and thinking about 
my time on the Hill. So when I was the floor director in Whip's office, there was one night in which I was in my office very, very late at night. It probably was like midnight, one o'clock. And so I think Speaker Pelosi had a number of bills on the floor that week. And so we had to just constantly whip them. So I was there at night and a member of the custodial staff in, in my office, which which is like the best, uh, uh, hands down one of the best offices on the Hill. It's the direct center of, uh, of the Capitol, right above the speaker's balcony. Mm-hmm. And so it looks straight down the mall to the Washington Monument, like an unobstructed view on, on the right I had uh, John Kerry's hideaway. On the left, I had John Lewis's hideaway. Across the hall was Orrin Hatch and Barbara Mikulski. Uh Joe Lieberman was further down the hall. So I'm like right there in the middle. So I'm sitting there. I'm doing my work. Um, and lo and behold, uh, this, uh, this woman of the custodial staff comes by. I keep seeing her walk by like she's doing things. And finally, I, I look up and I say, ma'am, do you need to come in here and clean up? I said, you're my boss, so you tell me if I need to go. <laughs> and, and she comes in and she looks around in my office and she says, you know, young man, I come to your office every night. And I clean up and I look at your pictures. And she said, are you from South Carolina? And I said, yes, ma'am, I am from South Carolina. And then she said, hmm, is that your mom in that picture? I said, yes, ma'am, that's my mom. She said, is her name Patricia? And I said, yes, ma'am, her name is Patricia. And at this point, I'm like starting to freak out. Like, what is going on here? And she said, Patricia Harrison. Was that her name? I said, yes. She said, oh, my God. I knew your mom when she was, we were in high school together. She's like, I knew, my mom had me when she was 16. She said, I knew when your mom dropped out of school to have you. And she started tearing up and crying. And at that time, I'm tearing up and crying too. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, and she gives me this big hug. And she's like, I can't believe that Patricia's son is here in the Capitol. Uh, And she's like, this is so amazing. And she's crying and hugging me and I'm crying. And and it, it... you know, it, it was a special moment for me, and is one that always lives with me. Is that that we were so, we are so blessed and so fortunate to have these positions, and that sometimes I think many times we get caught up with how busy we get and all these other things, to to realize that there's so many people who count on us, and so many people who are proud of us for the things that we are doing to really make a difference, and so uh, that that's one of those special moments that I will never ever forget. Uh, and and uh, and it makes me think again. You know, this country is so great. Uh, I remember going on a trip to Australia once, and I met this guy, and I told him the position that I was in, and he worked in the parliament there in Australia, and he said, "So let me get this right." He's like, "You're not rich." I said, "No," and he said, "Okay." And your family's not politically connected. I said, no. He said, you know, even here, you would never be in the position that you're in. Uh, and it's, and it's, that is the unique thing about this nation and this country, that there's opportunity for all. And that's why I fight so hard for, for this nation. And, and, and despite all of our flaws and the things that are wrong and things that have been bad in the past, I understand that there's a lot of goodness in this country and there's a lot of opportunity for people to be had. We just got to continue to fight to make sure that everybody can continue to enjoy that. Abby, did you see that? 
Jamie talked to my mom about these stories. Sorry. <laughs> I'm impressed now. After both of those stories, honestly, I don't know why anyone wouldn't want to work on that. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Um, so sadly, we kind of have to start wrapping up. Yeah. Cool. Um, so getting into the lightning round, um, which is my favorite. Just a quick question, first oh, thing that boy. comes to mind. How do we know who goes first? Uh, Take your pick. Um, so just, yeah, short answer. Um, so first one, was there a rivalry between the House and Senate? Yes. Yes. Yes, okay. And what's your advice for college students looking to get into legislative politics? Intern first. Okay. Meet as many people as you can, ask them questions. Amazing. Okay, great. And then last question is, um, not a question, a statement. Um, I want to give you guys both a chance to plug your book, Climbing the Hill. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, so thank you very much, Abby. Thank you, everybody, Mm -hmm. on the Wall podcast for listening. We are Climbing the Hill. If you go into Amazon, it pops up really at the top, uh, climbingthehill.org. Follow us on Twitter. It's Climbing Cap Hill, at Climbing Cap Hill. Um, it's Amos Sneed and Jamie Harrison. Yeah, uh, and you can also follow us on Twitter as well. Uh, mine is at Harrison Jamie. Jamie spelled like Jaime, J-A-I-M-E. Uh, and I'm Amos Sneed, at A-M-O-S-S-N-E-A-D. And if you do get a book uh, uh, and you get it on Amazon, make sure you write a, a review. <laughs> we like reviews. Pumps algorithm. Yes, yes. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you both for being on Fly on the Wall. We really appreciate it. Thank you. This was awesome. Thank you very much. Wow, what a fantastic conversation. Thanks so much to to Amos and Jamie for coming out here and and speaking to us on the podcast today. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. They had a lot of great advice, too, for college students looking to get onto the hill. And don't forget to follow us on all our social media platforms. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Insta, at Fly on the Wall Pod. And we have a very, very special episode coming uh, up for you next week. So make sure you stay tuned and get ready uh, for another fantastic guest at Geopolitics flagship podcast, Fly on the Wall. Have a great week. See you next week.